So this is probably the most un unprofessional start to a podcast ever. We've just had a few technical difficulties, so hopefully everything's fine now. Um, still a bit rusty. This is only the second podcast back since like three months ago with a guest. Like we've just been recording podcasts by ourselves. So excuse if we are very rusty, uh, Emma, because, you know, I'm not the best at asking questions. So we'll see how it goes. And briefly, I just want to introduce you because I've been doing some research. I just want to say you're the 45th most famous runner on famous birthdays and the 14th Virgo wow. named and the 14th Virgo named Emma and you also have 160,000 followers across social media I just wanted to throw all that out there because I feel like they're pretty cool stats wow I someone on another podcast was telling me my net worth is also 80 million dollars so don't forget that one in there as well I mean that, could, that was that the beer mark podcast is that what they said it or, yeah was, that's what they said I was like oh I don't know who added that in there, but I don't mind. So it's the crazed foods. It must be doing really well, apparently. It's popping off. So how are you? Do, do you want to do an introduction for anyone who might not know you, even though you are very much an OG of the whole, I guess, running community or triathlon community now or business yeah. community? Um, Many different things. Where do I even begin? So I am a runner. I mean, I, I grew up as a runner and I, I went to the University of Oregon, which is probably where most people know me from. Um, I ran for their cross country and track team and I started a YouTube channel going into my senior year and it kind of blew up. I had no intention of it getting big, but it took off. And um, now I, I also started a food Instagram around that same time. So now I guess I'm known as like a running YouTuber, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Because I, I honestly don't even spend that much time on YouTube anymore these days, but I'm still known as a running YouTuber, I think, just because I was one of the first people that really started, I guess, in the running scene. But um, yeah, I do a lot of work on my food Instagram, and I took a bit of time off of running after college just because I was burnt out, but still stayed very active in the running community. I have a lot of running friends, and I go to a lot of like running meets and interview people. Um, and I also have a podcast, too. It's called Convos Over Cold Brew, where I interview a bunch of runners or basically they're just my friends that I coerce into coming on my podcast um and yeah I just started my own food brand I do a lot of like random stuff so I don't really even know how to categorize myself anymore these days how do you actually make the time to actually live life or is it very just all over the place at the minute with everything you're doing because you do do a lot of things that's a good question. Um, I honestly feel like I have a lot of free time, but that's because like everything I do is kind of my life. Like, I mean, my food Instagram, it's like I have to eat every day. So might as well. Like I just made some brownies and I find that really fun work and my normal life. So it's a, just a weird inner mix, but I usually wake up every day just being like, okay, what am I going to do today? I don't have the best structure. I will be honest, but um, I think I make a good amount of time for like a social life as well. So I think I'd do a good job of balancing. I don't really know. It all just meshes together. I, I guess you've got quite a broad spectrum of things. So it's quite nice to say like, oh, I don't really feel like filming a running video today. I'm going to film some food stuff and I'm going to film a podcast, which that's, that's really fun because you've like really diversified in terms of like different avenues, but they all sort of link together as well. But like, I feel like every, everyone has to eat, yeah. don't they? So yeah. Exactly. And like, I mean, last year with the coronavirus and stuff, like I couldn't travel to running meets anymore. So I basically like YouTube was kind of put on the back burner for the last year, but it was nice because I could focus 
like I'm starting my podcast, which I had wanted to do for a while, or like I put a ton of energy into my food Instagram last year and like starting my own food company. So, um, yeah, it's just nice to like be able to work on different things depending on <laughs> the time of my life or time of the year. But I will always love YouTube. Like it's always, obviously it's like what I got my biggest, I have my biggest following on YouTube and it's something I like started originally. So I'm sure I'll come back to it eventually. I think this year. So we'll see. I mean, it's a very powerful platform, but also it's a very painful platform to post on and like keep a consistent content structure. It's an absolute nightmare. I'm finding that at the minute it's so demoralizing Yeah. working on a video and then putting it live <laughs> and it absolutely bombing and you're like, brilliant. Um, yeah, that's something I found out yeah. about recently. It's not nice, but it's very rewarding as well when it goes well, I feel like. So it's- Exactly. It's it's the best, you get both sides, highs and lows. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like in the running community specifically at the minute, there's been a massive rise in like, running YouTubers and I feel like that's probably down to I'm going to say you and Zach because I don't want to be mean to Zach because he was again one of the OGs but you know there's been a lot of people who've been following your footsteps so I guess we've all got you to thank in terms of creating that first bit of content which funnily enough actually popped up on my um, suggested feed the other day I mean there's a lot of people true but I mean like who was doing it then who really did? You popped up on my suggested the other day. Um, it was like a oh. pre-race shakeout or pre-training shakeout and you did a session. It was like three years ago now. And it just popped up on my suggested. I'm not sure why. I mean, I would say the I would say the OG is like the athlete special. I mean, I feel like he was the one that encouraged me. Well, didn't encourage me. I didn't know him. But I like would see his videos every now and again. Or Ryan Trahan too was the one that um I guess like I would just watch their videos and be like, I think I can do that. So then I just started. <laughs> yeah. It's, the, the, it's when I went back then, I really wanted to. And I was like, oh, I can never do it because like I have the confidence of like, just yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing for camera. And then over the time, I think recording podcasts and just forcing myself to do it has helped me quite a lot. But yeah, Brian Trahan, Zach Levitt is in one of his videos next week. And it's weird to see how that's I done a full saw circle. That. It's really strange. Yeah, that was... I'm, I'm, I'm confused kind of as to what the video topic is, but I'm excited to watch it. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's running related. So I'm just confused. Well, I mean, as far as I'm aware, it's like, in a, it's people pretending to live different lives, but like we already know who Zach is and if he's pretending or not. So it seems quite easy in terms of the concept. I'm sure it'd be cool. Ryan, Ryan produces some great content, even though sometimes it is quite strange. Yeah, I mean, it's not running anymore, so he's branching out. <laughs> no, he, he needs to come back to his roots, I think, to be honest, because his content was amazing to watch back in the day. I I highly doubt that he will be coming back to his roots. And if I was him, I wouldn't either. <laughs> no, I, I can't blame him. And he's actually on that, like, different business ground as well. Like, he sells, like, coffee mugs and stuff now, doesn't he? He does pretty much everything, which is – I find it fun to see that he's just come from the running community and has blown up so yeah. much. Right. So sorry, by the way, again. Yeah, I'm like, we just need the whole running community to take off like that. Yeah, 100%. I feel like it's in the right direction. I just like to apologize to anyone listening or to you, Emma, as well. The Wi-Fi is sort of intermittent. So it's like, if it sounds like we're ever interrupting each other, we're not. It's just, I think there's quite a big delay, but we're going to roll with it. It doesn't really matter. See then, I was just waiting for someone to speak and I didn't know if it was a delay or not, but you know. <laughs> 
so, see, I, well, I just want to make sure. That wasn't the, that oh, wasn't no. the Wi-Fi. <laughs> just waiting to say something. Yeah, that was just awkward <laughs> silence. Right. So normally we start this question with like some some of our own questions, but I wanted to start today with like follow questions. What we asked. Um, so I'm just going to get straight into it. The, the first one is actually from Carter Chrisman, and I hope this does have some context because is it Carter Chrisman? Yeah, it is Carter Chrisman. The top yeah. three Frank Ocean songs. I'm guessing you're okay. a big fan of Frank Ocean. Yeah, me, Carter, and Cooper talk about it often. Um, we are very big. Actually, Carter is the biggest Frank Ocean stan I've ever seen in my life. I swear, I think last year he listened to like over 100 days worth of Frank Ocean in 20, in 2020. And I was like, how do you even do that? I don't understand how that's feasible. But I would say my number one is White Ferrari. Um, number two is Ivy. And number three is Nights for me. So there you go, Carter. I don't know if that lives up to your standards, but those are my go-to jams. I'm trying to think of a single Frank Ocean song I can think of off the top of my head. I feel um, really bad. Uh, what about Lost? Do you know Lost? Chanel? No? Yeah, I know Chanel. You might, I think you I might know Chanel. if you maybe like sang it a bit. And then oh, maybe oh. Like, that, that is true, actually, Josh. <laughs> I think we'd probably both remember it if you did that. <laughs> I don't even, I'm trying to think of I know I would sing, but I can't even remember now. Now that you put me on the spot. Is it, is it Wi-Fi <laughs> problems? Wi-Fi problems. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I think I know Chanel. It's, it. it's famous on TikTok, yeah, you, isn't it? Well, you can sing it if you want now. No, I'll pass on that, to be honest. Again, Wi-Fi problems. I don't think it'd come across. I don't think my... Uh, <laughs> My vocals yeah, yeah, have come across yeah, properly yeah, yeah. on Zoom. Next question. <laughs> I wanted to leave this in there because these are the type of questions we get asked. And it was, which runner smelt the best and which runner smelt the worst when you were interviewing them in Texas? <laughs> I wasn't really smelling anyone. I don't recall any. Actually, it's actually a really funny question. I don't, I, there's no one that really sticks out to my, my mind. I don't know. I can't, I don't remember being smelling them is that bad or of, like i was gonna say were you sort of socially distanced anyway or were you yeah it's like i was i was trying to stand far apart i had a mask on especially the second day i had the mask on so i like really couldn't smell them yeah wow I, that's such a boring answer i didn't even have an answer to that sorry i was wondering actually did, did you get told off after the first day or like to, to, to put a mask on or was that just personal choice i was thinking like i wonder why no i know i know i know so we got, we all got COVID tested before he went. So everyone tested negative that was there, but I was instructed to not wear a mask. I asked if I should, and they're like, oh, just social distance. And I was like, okay. And then we got told off. So then I wore a mask the second day, but I just want everyone to know I'm not an anti-masker. Okay. I believe in masks. I was instructed. To, I don't know. We, I don't know, but um, yeah, I felt really bad. So that's, that's the podcast title for you. Um, no. No, that was um, so bad. That that was a great event, and I feel like it was nice to actually have someone interviewing people who actually knew about the sport because normally you just get like, just like just people who just I don't know sports commentators who don't know anything about the sport and it's like the same question. So I think it's quite nice that you had that personal touch. So how how was that experience for you? Was it your first like made like big interview type of thing or? Yeah, so I mean, I've never really done live interviews before. And honestly, it was very out of my comfort zone. Like, <laughs> it was very stressful. Like, I didn't realize how stressful it was going to be. Um, but it was really fun. And I definitely do it again. I was a little rusty, especially the first day. Like, 
I haven't interviewed people in over a year. So I was like, I don't know. It felt like I was a little rusty, but people enjoyed it. I wish I could have heard like Chris's and Kyle's commentary the whole time too, because I feel like that would have made it like, I don't know. I really was like, cause the commentary was so good. I heard, I was like, oh, I wish I could have heard it, but I was track side. But I think the combination of all of this, it seems like it was got good feedback and I would definitely do it again. So um, I think I just need to keep practicing and yeah, but it was really fun. And I, I just like miss going to track meets. So it was fun seeing everyone. I saw like all, a bunch of my friends. So that was nice too. Um, just for personal reasons. It, it did honestly seem very, very stressful. Like, do you know how it was live like one second there was a drone shot and then it's like right we're going live to emma and you'd have to be like and it, but then also like i can imagine the fear of if you just get an athlete who doesn't give you anything back and you just ask the question like yeah that's great and then, was <laughs> it there was any more so like well it's like you don't know who you're going to be interviewing so like people would finish and i would like in my little headpiece i would be trying to hear who won and what their time was and then also try to remember like what the olympic trial standards were if they had got the trial standard and then i would also be trying to get them to come over to me to uh, be interviewed so it was just like a lot going on in 10 seconds worth of time or like a minute 10 seconds to like a minute worth of time right after they finished it was just kind of chaotic but i mean i think it looked better over time i just think it was like <laughs> i just was, didn't know what to expect but i had a good time so yeah you had to snap up the the interviews before flow track came in so you you had to be the first one to interview before they did because I'm, i hate flow yeah track, so, so i just wanted to throw that out there just just if anyone didn't know i hate flow track <laughs> who, who minutes, was your favorite this is taking you all 10 minutes is that all that's it's a, probably yeah. a record who who was like your favorite can i just ask him how did it come about Go on, Josh. It's all right. We'll blame um, the Wi-Fi again. I was just going to ask, how did it come about that you, uh, and you know, were with were with Chris and Carl on that commentary? Was it City? Chris asked you to do it, or how did it come about? So it was actually funny. So I was just deciding. I was like, I think I'm going to go to Austin because, like, I knew a bunch of people that were going. My roommate was actually racing um and a bunch of my friends were already going so I was like oh like I'll just go for fun or whatever and then I'll like I'll make a video out of it um so I texted Chris and was like hey what are the odds I can get a media pass for this event because like I mean I haven't been to a meet since COVID so I'm like I don't know how like difficult it would be or whatever um and he's like oh yeah like for sure would you want to help with the broadcast and I'm like <laughs> sure um so that's basically how it how it started <laughs> Throwing you in in the deep end, basically. Yeah, basically. Like, you want to help with the broadcast? I was like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, and then it became that. And honestly, it was just, it was crazy how many people watched. Like, I was just not expecting that many people to be watching live. And I think that, that like added a layer of pressure. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, at some point, there was like over 10,000 people watching. And I was like, ah, like, don't mess <laughs> up. Because usually I'm like able to control like the edits and stuff of my interviews so it was just different being live I'm like oh my gosh yeah but it was brave, really it was, have to say. yeah it was fun I was laughing at one specific interview because I feel like I can't remember what it was but you kept on trying to finish off the interview but then someone like you just kept on like gradually tricking over in different conversation <laughs> and it was just like you just pushing the mic to them and then they wouldn't say anything so you just come back and then they try saying something and it just... <laughs> see there's just so many things like I felt like awkward at some point <laughs> 
And I was just like, like, I just felt so uncomfortable sometimes. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hope this isn't like being communicated how uncomfortable I feel. Um, but I mean, at that point, you just have to laugh it off. Like, what can you do when 10, over 10,000 people are watching live? So just got to go with it. And I mean, I mean, most runners, to be fair, it's a very new experience for them as well. So like, I feel like a lot of people understand because it's, it's kind of a first for our sport. And that's why I really enjoyed it because like, unless it's like at the world championships or a big event, you don't really get that trackside into straight after the race. So I think that's a great like addition to obviously what CS Mag are doing in, in, as a whole. I think it was an amazing stream. And obviously the viewers as well was amazing as well. So yeah. yeah. It and it was just, it, I mean, it was great because I feel like Chris and Kyle are like, I, I don't know. We're all pretty young. Like the three of us are younger, I guess, in the sport. And Kyle obviously was a pro runner himself. And Chris is like, I don't know, someone like me, like podcaster, media guy. So it was just like fun to get a different perspective. I think in terms of like the media side of it, like you're not having super, it, it was very professionally done, obviously with like trials and miles and CS mag. But I think like the commentary and obviously my interview was just like, it wasn't like super professional, I guess. I don't even know if that's the right word, but it was, it was more like, I feel like the audience could relate or like enjoyed it a little bit more because it was more like lighthearted and just goofy. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And now you're on this podcast, which is even less professional and won't get any views either. So, I mean, you've got sort of got the opposite of both ends of the spectrum there. So, <laughs> yeah, right. So, keeping on to like the running questions and obviously being at a meet like that, does it like make you miss competitive running? Because that's another follow question we got asked. And I was just curious on that because it is kind of addicting. Yeah, I mean, I think. I definitely come back from those meets and I was like, man, I miss it. And like, I don't think I'll like, I would never say never that I would like never go back to competitive running. I don't want to say that it's like for over forever. Um, but like, I've also like taken a step away from it. Like I think right after college, it was hard for me to go to meets because I feel like I was so fresh out of it and I was so used to like being like competing and stuff. But um, yeah, I think now I just like have a, I've been in the media side for a decent amount of time. So I'm like, eh, this is normal to me, but I will say like, I definitely leave those meets feeling like motivated to get back to training or like being like, Oh, maybe I'll like, I don't know, start training for the 1500 again. I don't know. So on one hand I do, but on another hand, I'm like pretty realistic with myself and like my business stuff that I'm never going to say never, but I'm also not going to be like, yeah, I'm going to get back on the track right now. You know? I personally think you should train for an Ironman. I feel like that'd be much more fun. Yeah, be good I mean, content like the, series as well. Yeah, but that's why I'm also diving into triathlon because I do, I still really love running and like running will forever be special to me. And I think it'll be my best event, my best leg of the triathlon, obviously, just because yeah. I am the most experienced in that. But um, it's nice to have like the other aspect of like swimming, like other aspect of training, meaning like swimming and biking too. And it's just something new. Like since I've been running for so many years, it's nice to have something else to focus on and I also think I could be really good at triathlon, which is exciting. And there's no really pressure on me to do anything um, with it, which is like personally what I think I need at this age of my life. So yeah, I do. I love running and I love racing, but I think I'll come back to it eventually, but I'm not really like too rushed. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And I guess the last year and a half, two years, there hasn't been many races anyway. So you haven't really missed anything too much anyway. In yeah, this, exactly. Like so completely switching subjects is someone asked, what's your favorite Taco Bell order? Um, oh my goodness. I haven't been to Taco Bell in literally probably at least 10 years. 
That's so. I thought did you this ask this, been... Alfie? Because you no. absolutely love Taco Bell. So is this your question? No. So I thought this would be yeah, I think it someone. Might be. I thought this would be someone who knew you, so like knew you likes Taco Bell. So I was just rolling with it. But the fact you haven't been no. to Taco Bell in ten years makes it even better. Um, I mean, the last time I went to Taco Bell, I probably got three soft tacos. I used to get that all the time when I like grew up swimming, and my parents would take us to Taco Bell after swim practice, and I'd be like, Taco Bell, Taco Bell, on the way home to try to get us to go there. Um, me and my siblings, and yeah, I would always get three soft tacos. So that's probably my order. There you are. Whoever asked that, uh, now you know. I, honestly, though, talking about eating after swimming, I got told as a child, you can eat whatever you want after swimming because it's like some, I believed it. So I always used to have so much food and like so much junk food after swimming because you get so hungry after swimming. And apparently that's not true. Apparently it was just like figuratively. But I thought there was like some magic about swimming what made you mean you could eat whatever food you wanted. Swimming, swimming, it's like known to make you hungry though. Like I even came back last week and I was like starving after my swim workout. And I'm like, oh, I don't miss like feeling so hungry. Cause it's like, that doesn't happen after running or biking usually. I don't know what it is, but with swimming, it's like, I, I didn't even do a hard workout. I did like 45 minutes of technique work and I like, got out of the pool and I was like, oh, I'm going to faint. I need to go eat right now. I don't know what it is about swimming, but it makes you so hungry. So I'm, I'm really thirsty, which doesn't make much sense, but like swimming, unless you obviously swallow a lot of water, which probably I wouldn't recommend because it's not really good for yeah. you. But you leave so thirsty and so hungry. And to me honest, swimming is definitely the most miserable sport in triathlon. It has to be. It's, it's so lonely and painful and chlorine and it's just not nice. Yeah, swimming is definitely the one that I have to um, like convince myself to to go do. Like there was one time I was injured in college and I didn't want to go swimming so badly that I like I was I was faking it but um I threw like a temp tantrum to my roommate on my couch it was like it was a joke and then I broke my couch so it's like it just because I was like flinging my body up and down it was so embarrassing honestly but I just always think back to that I'm like <laughs> that just shows you how much I did not want to go swimming that was a joke I wasn't actually throwing a tantrum but it's just funny because it just kind of confirmed my feelings about going to the pool sometimes so <laughs> Didn't you yeah. start out as a swimmer, though? Yeah, I did, which is why it's funny. And I think that's why it's kind of harder for me these days. I feel like I spent so many of my hours when I was younger swimming that maybe I'm just still a little burnt out from it. I don't know. But I don't mind it when I'm, like, with other people. It's just the swimming alone is pretty rough. But still got to do it, so. Yeah, it's, it's, I used to swim, and it's, it's just a lot of late nights and early mornings, and it's just a miserable, really miserable sport. Someone actually asked, what, what do you prefer, like open water swimming or like indoor swimming? Like, because open water swimming would scare like me, swimming. but I'm guessing it comes naturally to you. I actually, I love open water swimming. I do think I need to practice it more, um, but I grew up like by the beach. So I went to this thing called Junior Lifeguards every summer and like we would, we would open water swim in the ocean every single day. And I absolutely love the ocean. So I like love open water swimming um but it, I'm very rusty at it like I tried last summer I was back in California and I like went in the ocean for the first time in forever and I'm like wow I forgot how hard this is but I, it's like more interesting and I I don't know I feel like I can fight the waves and stuff so I feel like I'm pretty decent at that um and it's just more exciting than pool swimming so yeah well, I didn't realize about open water open water swimming I thought when I because I actually had this story for another time, but I actually nearly did an Ironman myself last year. But that's another story. Um, 
I didn't realize everyone was saying, oh, you need to practice open water swimming. And I was like, how can it be any different to pool swimming? And then I had a go and I was like, I looked up and I'd completely gone in the wrong direction. I was like, ah, that's why you need to practice open water swimming because there's no lines to follow in the pool. Yeah, it's like (laughs) you can get, you can start going a different way like so easily, so quickly. So um, yeah, I also, I used to play water polo in high school. So I think I'm like really good at like swimming with my head up too. So I think I just have a better like, I don't know what it is. I'm like decent at open water swimming. It would scare the life out of me. And I couldn't think of anything worse. I hate deep water and the sea. It honestly scares me, which kind of ruins going to the beach, but I, I can't handle it. <laughs> so the last the last follow-up question we had, what was, you know, because we get a lot of these questions and it's always, you know, a lot of people want to ask, like, how do you have the right running form and stuff like that? And I feel like they're great questions, but I kind of want to get into the nitty gritty stuff. So the last follow-up question we do have is, uh, can you name your dream podcast guest as unrealistic as it would could be like who would you want on the podcast oh gosh I was thinking of someone the other day oh David Goggins I think would be fun to have on my podcast I don't know what that guy is crazy but I feel like he would have some really good stories um and just push people I don't know every time I've listened to a podcast with him I feel motivated so he would be he's like the legend just just for anyone who doesn't know because I only just sort of knew David Goggins was like it's weird because like it could be popped up on YouTube once and I see him everywhere is he the guy who like does every single extreme possible human limit challenge there is any he does everything he's basically the biggest like uh endurance person in the world like the toughest he's meant to be like the toughest person in the world or something yeah he's like probably the most mentally mentally tough person that you would ever meet in your life and you're just like how like I read his entire book and I was like I don't understand how this person exists but um, yeah, he like runs ultra marathons. He like, I don't, he like ran, there was like one year where he ran for like six months in ultra marathon every single weekend. And I'm like, how do you do that? But he's just built different, I guess. Yeah, someone, someone is, I think is doing an Ironman every day for like a month for the minute somewhere in the world. And I'm, I saw it on Instagram. I was like, like you do. I really don't think you're going to complete this. I think he was on like day five and he, the caption was like, my body's really hurting and he was like holding on crutches and he's like but i'm going to carry on going i was like it's, it's he just probably shouldn't and that's like after day yeah. five well good luck if that person is listening to this yeah i, I wish mean, you the he, best of luck if he does it that's and i can't even comprehend how hard that would be mentally and physically to do yeah you would get to eat a lot though which is kind of fun <laughs> i don't know if that would be worth it probably not because you probably would break down eventually but i mean i'd, I'd like to eat five what ten thousand calories a day is that how much nine man burns something like that and with while we're on the subjects like mental toughness especially during like the last year i'm guessing there's been a lot more of being by yourself when you've been training or whenever you've been training and obviously endurance sports it's in the name endurance the long sports to train for how have you sort of like stayed motivated and what are like some of your secrets, I guess in life in general, like how do you maintain motivation when you're doing many, many different things? That's a good question. Like, and honestly, I'm kind of someone that struggles with like motivation, like solo motivation. Like I'm not, I'm very team oriented, which is like, I had never really had a problem with motivation when I was on a team, but definitely like after college, I've struggled with it. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think just realizing that 
I like I've read a lot of books over the past year or two and just realizing that your thoughts are not like like you are not your thoughts you're your actions like I don't know I I found myself overthinking a lot and I think that's what takes away from my motivation or like deters me down the wrong path of like not getting up when my alarm goes off or like not going out for my workout that day like it's all just my thoughts like I can easily do it there's nothing wrong with me um so I think just realizing that I'm physically like capable of doing it um, and getting out the door on days I don't want to and just turning off those thoughts and instead just deciding to like move my body and like literally move my legs from my bed and put on my shoes and get out the door without thinking about it Um, and I don't know I don't even know if that makes sense but just kind of um, switching off my thoughts and just focusing on like literally moving my legs and like getting out the door is the biggest thing for me um And then in terms of like, like I've done some really long workouts. Like I did a four hour trainer ride um, back in November, which was the longest bike I've ever done in my life. And I had to do it on a trainer um, because I was having problems with my tires. And I, it was all mental. Like it just, it's just mental preparation. I think like, I just had to mentally prepare to sit on a bike for four hours. And I literally didn't even watch anything. I just listened to music and watched Zwift, the little training app thing for four hours in my, in my garage. And wow. I, it honestly wasn't even that bad. And I think it's just because I mentally prepared myself for like doing that long of a bike ride. But I like David Goggins has really helped me too with that. It's like your your mind is your biggest, it could be your biggest help and your biggest hurdle that you need to get over. But reading David Goggins' book kind of like changed my outlook on um, just like my thoughts and dealing with motivation. It's more about discipline than motivation, which I'm sure everyone's heard of, but. Yeah, I don't even know if that answer made sense. That was kind of all over the place, but yeah. No, it, it definitely does. I, I really need to read David Goggins then because that four hour on a trainer, that I can't even comprehend. I've done 20 minutes on a treadmill and I want to like quit running forever. Like, I, honestly, but I don't see, know how like, that. that used to be me, but I think it's just like the mental preparation. Like I, like today I'm about to go sit for an hour on my trainer and I'm like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to feel so long, but it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's all about mental preparation <laughs> because I could, if I like had mentally prepared for four hours today, I could do it. Um, but I have not, I've mentally prepared for one. So if someone like, if I was on the trainer today and someone's like, just kidding, you have a four hour ride. I'd like probably have a mental breakdown um, because I wasn't mentally prepared, but <laughs> so, so <laughs> the mind I, is crazy. When I go on the trainer, cause I've been on the trainer quite a lot recently. Cause I've been injured. I, my preparation literally extends to downloading a Netflix film or there's no mental preparation. It's usually I'm just sulking about the fact that I've got to go and sit on the trainer for 45 minutes or an hour. And I'm just like, I'm going to have to find something to watch on Netflix. Otherwise I'm just going to go insane. Well, you have to make the trainer fun too. Like I blast my music, like all my roommates that are still here when I'm on my trainer, but I like blast my music so loud. And like, I mean, most of the time when I'm riding on the trainer, it's, lately it's been easy stuff so I haven't like been super out of breath I think when I start getting into like super workouts that's going to be a bit harder but hopefully it'll be nice enough outside where I can do it outside but um yeah you just gotta like make it fun for some some way as much as that you can and like make it comfortable so how how do you go from how do you make it mental preparation because if I tried to prepare myself the more I tried it just turned more and more into dread like what sort of process do you go through to try and prepare yourself I just I mean if you're riding for four hours like there's gonna be some dread I think um but it's also like I'm not going from 
riding on the train for like one hour one week to like going to four hours you know it's like very it's like intervals it's like one hour one week and then an hour and a half two hours two and a half like it just gets more and more each week I think that helps too because they already if you like did three and a half hours last week like what's four you know just an extra 30 minutes at that point just um, a full Justice League film yeah I don't know I don't know I think sorry that's that's how I compare yeah, I time think... at a minute no I mean it makes sense like having like a movie that you're gonna watch or I always have bomb playlists so I, I, I also like because you're on the bike for that long you get to eat and even though like eating on the bike isn't that enjoyable because you're out of breath and stuff but um I don't know having good little snacks helps too yeah looking forward to snack breaks I'd love that if you could do that when you're running the snacks thing I, I think zoom is about to kick us off because it's like that it's, it's just limit. it's not very enjoyable Right, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and make some smart edit to make it seem like we've just carried on this conversation. So Zoom did just kick us off because we're we're cheap and we don't want to pay for the premium Zoom. Uh, so that's like a 45 minute limit sometimes. So I do apologize if there's any like you know big block of how we transition very quickly. Um, but just on that um, cycling for four hours inside, which is insane. Uh, what sort of things do you like listen to? Obviously. You, go on Zwift as well, but what like music podcast do you listen to other than the tracks to podcast, of course, uh, to keep you entertained? <laughs> I was actually going to say, I don't really listen to podcasts. Like I don't, other than my own, when I'm editing it, like I don't really listen to that many podcasts other than um, there's these YouTubers. I listen to H3H3 podcast oh. um, and Frenemies, which is like, <laughs> you're not a fan. Uh, from what I've seen of him, I really, really don't like him. But that's, I've only seen snippets what? from like YouTube clips. Is that Ethan Klein? Is that who he is? Is that HVH3? Ethan Klein. Ethan Klein and Trisha Paytas. Um, I listen to their podcast. I like, I'm a big YouTuber. Like I'm a big YouTube fan, which is what got me into yeah, YouTube in the first same. place. So I listen to them. And do you know like Cody Ko and Noel Miller? Yeah. Yeah, I listen to their podcast, Tiny Meat Gang, but those, those are the only two I listen to. And I don't listen to them when working out because I have this thing. I don't like to hear myself panting. Like, so I can't listen to talking things because I don't like to hear my own breath in the background of it. So I like, I, the music needs to be so loud. And um, let me pull up like the playlist. So I listened to a playlist called New Indoor Spin Sash Cycling Class 2021. And I just blast that. It's 78 hours long. So there's never any, there's never any like repeat songs, which is nice. Um, or Until you've got to do hot... a 78 hour turbo sesh and then you're. Yeah. So <laughs> I was planning on doing one of those. So I might need to add two, two playlists, but that's basically it. It's just like very, I, I like hip hop music um, probably the most though, is what I crank on the bike. It's, it's, I always have to ask this because I'm the biggest fan of this one specific rapper do you listen to any UK music at all? Like people from the UK or is, or is that No, sort of... not really. Whatever's on that playlist, who's your favorite? He's called Dave. I always have to include or ask people if they like him because I'm a massive fan. Um, not, I don't and... know a Dave, not familiar. Okay. The well, least rappery name ever, <laughs> to be fair, isn't it? It is, it is actually. But while we're on the subject of Dave and since you're a big YouTube fan and you listen to that awful podcast, um, by the way, the reason why I hate that podcast is because Keemstar, I hate Keemstar, and he all he talks about is Ethan Klein, H3HV all the time. So that's why. But what, what's your opinion on oh, the Dave? Okay, well, no one, well, H3HV doesn't like Keemstar. Yeah, I know. But I like, don't like either of them, to be honest. 
I, I don't. Know. <laughs> what's What's your opinion on the whole David Dobrik drama at the minute? Because that's pretty. Oh gosh. I like I've been following very intently. I've been watching all the episodes of Frenemies, the H Street Three podcast. Um, I mean, I'm glad things are getting addressed. I just I don't know. It's like it's so public. Everything is so public. I I honestly don't even know what my thoughts are. I like follow along, and it's like interesting to me. But everything is just like so blown up, and everyone follows along. It just seems kind of wrong to me, like how everyone's making money off of it I don't know it's just so public it's just so in your face so I just feel bad for um the girls and stuff though but like they published their story in the articles maybe they want the story to get out I don't really know to be honest it's just kind of wild but I'm glad I'm glad like the power dynamic in David's vlogs are being is being addressed so yeah to be honest I'm I'm not 100% sure of the whole situation but I think like his apology was or apology was awful what he did in the like the podcast so i need to chase well okay no david actually did just put out an apology video and i thought it was pretty good um it seemed very sincere it wasn't he put out two so the first one he put out was like one it said let's talk and then and then yeah he turned the comments and likes and dislikes off which made no sense and that one was very like defensive and weird and was not a good that like fell into like all the other youtube apologies but the latest one he put out i thought it was like pretty sincere i talked to my sister too and we're like because she's been following the h3h3 stuff too so ethan and trisha on front of me tear it apart i don't know um or i guess that's not the right way to put it. i just don't know i don't know i just am a bystander watching yeah, it's, it's interesting content, to say the least. And I mean, I think it is good that they're getting talked about. I've just got a notification on my laptop saying your internet is unstable. So that's always fun. Uh, right. On some business questions now, because I could talk about YouTube all day, to be honest with you, because I'm a massive YouTube geek as well. Like, I literally watch everyone possible. Like, I'm not even going to go into details because it's quite embarrassing who I watch on YouTube. But I, I don't know. Sorry, I'm so sidetracked now since like Wi-Fi... How, how are you spending your time at the minute? Like, I asked this a bit earlier on, but like, you've got so many things going on. What's your day-to-day life look like? I know you said you got quite, feel like you've got free time, but where do you put time into crazy foods? Where do you put time into the YouTube content, the podcast content? There's so many different things. Do you have a schedule? Or? Really? No, I don't have a schedule, which is like, kind of makes me crumble at some points. I like really drive off structure and I have none. Um, so... It really, it just depends on the day. Like today, it's been very YouTube heavy. Um, and that's because I'm filming a video with Sinclair Johnson. So like today, basically most of my time is spent on YouTube. I did just have like a phone call with my manufacturer for Craze Food. So it's like a little bit of everything. And then I also posted a reel for my food Instagram. So I think, I think it's just a little bit of everything every day. And like tomorrow will be very heavy for my podcast because I'm recording an episode. Then I have to edit and like, record ad reads and intros and stuff for that um so I I don't even know what my day-to-day is like and then like I wish I could say I like get up every morning and go train right away like I wish I could just say get in my workout but like this morning I was like yeah I'll just do it later so then I like have been putting it off and then now I have to do it I don't know in the evening today but I kind of like evening workouts too um so it's like a terrible answer to the question (laughs) because there is no answer yeah, I, I, well, I was about to say that's all well and good until you have a double day workout and then you kind of you kind of screwed. 
I think like right now my training is pretty mellow. It's like not too many hours. Um, so I'm like, I mean, I do have double days, like tomorrow I have a double day, so I need to structure it a little better. But today when I like only have a one hour bike, I'm like, I could do that whenever. And like, since I have a trainer, I'm like, I could do it at 8 PM if I wanted to. And there are definitely days where I do that. And I really don't like myself for it, but, um, hopefully that's not today. It's, it's really not nice. Cause like when you, when you do that, like I've done it before, I've had a double and did my first run at 6 p.m. and then my second run at half seven. So it's like, it wasn't really double, but then I'm awake until like two in the morning and it's yeah. just, it, it's a terrible schedule. So like, how do you like switch off? Cause it is a huge thing. Like, again, if you're pretty chill or like when you have a lack of structure, sometimes that kind of helps. But like, how do you go from business mode to like lifestyle mode or like do they sort of interchange because of what you're doing? There was honestly no switch. Um, <laughs> at all in my day, which I think is unhealthy, to be honest, I should have time where I'm like, completely not or completely like off the clock or like not thinking about work, but there's just no balance in my life. Um, I mean, I would say when I'm like hanging out with my friends on the weekends, like I'm not filming, I'm not doing anything. And um, it's not like I'm filming with all my friends all the time. Um, so there isn't really like, there isn't really a difference. I think it's just which is like a good and a bad thing. It's nice to be able to have it like be my passions and like my life are is my job, but it's also hard when I'm like, I don't know, eating something. I'm like, oh, I should be posting this on Instagram or I don't know. Even like if I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm like, maybe I could film this for my YouTube channel. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Like it just, there's just never an off button, which is kind of exhausting sometimes, but um, I'm sure I could do, could do a better job at it, but it is what it is. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that because that is a meme, isn't it? Where someone says it is what it is straight after. It but... is what it is. <laughs> what, um, we, what... With all these different things you've you've got going on, I'm just interested. What is your, you may have already answered it actually in your last answer. What would you say your favorite thing about being sort of uh, entre entrepreneur, content producer? What would you say your favorite thing about all that is? You stole my question, Josh. I was gonna ask Good that. question. Um, oh, thank so, you. Brilliant. It was my question. It was my question. So I, right. I literally never thought of myself as someone that would be an entrepreneur. Like never did I think that this would be my career. Um, not that I'm like not motivated or like self-motivated or whatever, but like in college, I'd like just like never thought it would be a path for me, you know? And I have been pleasantly surprised with like, I don't know how well I've done, I guess, in terms of that, like adapting to being an entrepreneur and figuring out my own path. But I would say my favorite thing is um, just kind of like being able to take work and like today, just filming with Sinclair, who's like one of my really good friends here and like helping her, um, I guess, grow like her brand through my like personal YouTube channel. I don't know. It's just like cool to be able to help the running world and get to hang, like and have fun with my friends filming and be called that work and like make a living off of it. I don't know. It's just really cool to be able to do basically whatever I want and take matters into my own hands rather than having like instruction from someone else. But yeah, I would say like, that's the biggest thing is just being able to put out whatever content I want without having to like go through anyone else. I've, I've got a better question to ask than Josh to, to just ask but before I get onto that. I just want to say, was, Joe, when you were like growing your social media presence and getting these opportunities to work with athletes, was it like a big step all at once or was it quite a natural progression? So like for me, when we did a podcast, it's going to be weird because he's in your house right now. But when we did a my first podcast was with Craig Engels. 
and two months before I had zero followers and I was like how's this happened and I, it was like so crazy to like being a fan of the sport and then automatically being in that world all of a sudden was that what it was like for you or was it quite like a natural progression because of obviously being at Oregon and stuff yeah it was definitely natural like I <laughs> I mean I'm just lucky because I like ran at Oregon and all of the people on my team like not all of the people, but quite a few people on my team like ended up being professional runners. So it's like funny when people are like, well, who's your prof favorite professional runner? I'm like, I don't know. Like a lot of them are, are my friends because either I competed with them in high school or college or like ran alongside them like they were my teammates. Um, yeah, I mean, like even just starting my podcast, it's like I just have access to these people because they're my friends. And it kind of creates a weird relationship sometimes where it's like, yes, I am a medium person, but it's like I started as their friend, you know? Um, so I never want to like, I don't know, turn, uh, one of my friendships into like a media relationship. Like that's like, that's why it's hard to film with some of my friends a lot of the time, because I don't want to be like, I'm just your friends with you because I'm trying to like, I don't know, make a living off of you. It's a weird relationship, but, um, yeah, I would say like, it was very natural just because a lot of them were my friends or competitors or teammates. And yeah, I never really had that. Like I, I'm always. I'm like a fan of the sport, but I'm more just like a fan of the people because they're all my friends. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think that's good though, because like when I came into it, being a massive fan of the sport, like the people who I was fans of, I'm not so much of a fan of anymore because I've got to know them as a person and, and that's bad. But then other runners who like, I've got to know as a person and now I'm like, the, like Craig, before Trackster, I didn't know who Craig was. Like it was strange because obviously he's really famous in the UK, but like, a year and a half ago, I didn't know who Craig Angles was. And now he's like one of my favorite athletes. But that's because I've got to know him through Trackster. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's mm -hmm. you see a different side of the sport, what quite a lot of other people don't get to see. And it's quite weird yeah, when that, you see these things online as well about, about the people the you know. That's the funny thing. That's the funny thing is like, because I'm friends with everyone. It's like, I just, I get a very different perspective on what other media people get. And that's why I feel like a lot of my interviews have been pretty successful. Like, even when I go to like media tents, it's like, these people are talking to me it's like not a random media outlet you know they're talking to a, my, their friend who's me I don't know um so it's like I don't know maybe that's why the interviews are just more casual I don't know what it is but it's just funny because I also get to see like I'm like in the running like I get to see the perspective of the athletes and I also get to see the perspective of, like the side so it's just it's just so funny it's just a weird <laughs> weird position I'm in but it I, I love it. I mean, I just like to sit back and eat my popcorn and watch it <laughs> unfold and I guess be a part of it also. That's fair. It, it was funny when Craig referenced you when he said, hey, fellas, at the start of that interview. I was like, that, that's really cool. I think my Wi-Fi is just completely cut off. Did you hear anything I just said? No? I did. Nope. <laughs> so I, I said, I think it was really cool when Craig referenced you when you interviewed him when he said, hey, fellas, at the start. I thought that was pretty cool. Hopefully you heard oh, some gosh. of that. Yeah. See, he knows. He knows. If you know, you know. I know yeah. When I was watching, when I was watching the video of you earlier, the first thing he said was "Hey, fellas," and I was like, "Oh, wow, Craig said that." And it's weird how it's again a complete full circle. Um, my better question. Yeah, I because to ask, I also like he's like. Go ahead. Sorry, my wife has. You know, you go ahead. My wife has been really bad now. Oh, I was just saying, like. I mean, I basically live with Craig because he's dating my roommate. So it's just funny 
we interact every single day so it's it's funny when I'm like on like I was at the Texas qualifier and it's like I'm interviewing him and it's just so funny because like he's in his element or whatever and it, I'm like okay Craig like come over here I have to interview you and like thousands of people are watching it's just so bizarre but the running world is really small man it's hilarious yeah who 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 is your favorite roommate quickly while we're on this I just wanted to throw that out there who's my favorite roommate yeah should I, I say Craig he's question. basically my roommate you should probably pay rent maybe um. that's easy 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 out I, I was gonna ask who's your least favorite but I thought that'd be even worse so <laughs> no they're all special in their own way I like all my roommates I have three so that's a good that's a good way to keep them I guess answering that, is that three different. including Craig or three Plus Craig. No, I honestly have Craig, five. Craig, I have five God. roommates, basically. Carissa's boyfriend and my other roommate, Jenny's boyfriend, who's Craig. So, um, do you think it's, it's just like a big frat house here? <laughs> do you think your house, like, or adopted house as well, including the roommates and boyfriends and relationships, is the best running house in the world, or like best sort of clout running house in the world? Because you've got quite a lot of big names. Yeah, for the Cloud House. Yeah, um, Team 10. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, we do have a really fun group here in Portland, too. Like, um, Sinclair Johnson, who just joined Bowerman, like, last year. And her boyfriend, Craig, another Craig. He's called Cool Craig in our group. Um, they, like, they're super good friends with us, too. So they're over all the time. Like, we have such a great group in here in Portland of all, like, runners, like, from all from all areas of life I would say like people that are still running washed up runners professional runners like it's just a crazy group that we have here in Portland and I would say we're one of the cooler running groups um I'm biased though so I don't know but it's fun you definitely need to start a content house that would be phenomenal I really yeah. think that will take over the game well I mean cribs. I'm filming with Sinclair today so we're starting it starting it off strong I'll just I mean, I do want to, I want to film more with my friends because I mean, it is really fun. But I, again, like I said, I don't want to cross the personal boundaries that yeah. is like friendships is a core, like instead of just using people for YouTube clout. <laughs> yeah, I, I always feel bad. Like, I'm, I speak to Ben Crawford pretty much every day. And then when I want to ask him to do like come on a podcast or be a co-host on a podcast or like film video, I'd never want to ask him because it's like, I kind of feel guilty doing it, but also I kind of want you for views as well. So What's yeah see be? just it's a it's a tough relationship that you have it is and my better question now was uh what, what are your least favorite things to do in terms of entrepreneurship and you know all that general thing well maybe it's just the time of year but taxes are an absolute nightmare for me um don't talk to josh about literally, taxes like they come around so fast every year i like last year i remember doing them and be like oh my goodness i'm so glad those are done and they're already here yet again. So taxes are a mess for me. Um, and then I think just like, sometimes it's just hard with the lack of structure. Like I feel like my mental health suffers sometimes from this career just because it's me, myself and I, you know, there's not, I don't like have a team behind me or anything. Um, so it's, I overthink a lot. And I would say that, and like just having so many eyeballs on you at all times, it's just kind of hard to deal with mentally um but I would say those two things are the things at the current moment but it depends on the time of the year so there's definitely pros and cons it's not like rainbows and butterflies you know the the, the all-time worst is editing podcasts I really think editing podcasts is really the most annoying thing ever I like half the I time don't I don't find even that edit. to be that bad no because it's like it takes so long if you do if you want to edit it properly 
it takes about yeah it five definitely hours. takes a long time yeah it really takes a long time so tomorrow like have to record a, a podcast and edit and do the ad reads and stuff it's gonna take my entire day so <laughs> I, I really i really want to start like making notes in the podcast you're like like time stamps so then i know where to cut because like listen to the whole podcast after recording it and then editing it and then listen to it again to make sure you've edited it right it's it's soul crushing honestly it's it's not fun. yeah i have to listen i like i don't know i just want to make sure that i i'm a worry wart and i want to make sure i didn't miss anything or like that it's perfect so i feel like i listened to my own podcast like five times before i publish it live because i just am so worried i'm like what if i missed something in there like what if there was a cut that i was supposed to make or whatever i need to get over it so that i save an extra hour of my day but i just can't i just did a podcast with everett smolders so how do you think i feel like that was a very dangerous annoying time in my life to be honest <laughs> but no, maybe, that's, really maybe nice. i'll listen to it i don't listen to running podcasts but maybe i will listen to that one it, it, it was really nice but you could tell i was sort of like out of my comfort zone in terms of trying to keep a natural conversation, but also trying to make sure I, no one gets called too many mean names. But honestly, really gets nice hurt, guy. literally, really, really nice. Ah! Guy. Right. Yeah, I stay out of. I stayed out. I try to stay out of anything controversial. It makes me extremely nervous. So. Yeah, getting cancelled is like one of my biggest nightmares. Or like, yeah, I don't know, just just any general hate on my YouTube channel would make me pretty. Yeah, sick. I don't like getting hates. Yeah. I, I, the thing I hate the most is like, this sounds really vain, but you know when you've, your views just do rubbish and it's just like, why are people not liking my content today? It's just like, it's so sad when you put effort into a video and you're like, oh, I thought this would be a good video. And then you just, you know. I know. You just got to get over it though. It's just content. It's what it is. People like what they like. It is what it is. Right. Off, off the business side of things and... I want to get into some deeper questions, I think. In fact, Josh, do you have any more business questions? Because I did write down Josh ask a question because we try to plan a podcast, but then also it sort of gets lost when we're spontaneous. But do you have yeah, a question no, before I move on? No, let's no, let's get on to the deeper questions. They're not really that deep. They're just they Yeah, just, this is scaring deep, me. They, we just call them deep questions. They're not really that deep. Okay. <laughs> just, we should probably call them mature questions that grown-ups oh, no. ask, not yeah. like deep questions. Adult questions. No, because that sounds yeah. weird as well. That sounds Ooh. weird too. Maybe just stick with deep. Yeah, wow. deep questions. No, because no, that sounds weird. Adult now we said adult. Now we're saying deep questions. That sounds weird as well. <laughs> oh, Stop talking right. now. God. God. Questions. Okay. So the first one is what would you change about the sport? And we normally go off the fact that this is one and with monetary constraints, so like a realistic one. And also, if you could just completely scrap everything down and rebuild it, what what would you change with no monetary constraints? Oh my goodness, I don't know. I do think I wish there was like teams. Like I wish we had more teams in the sport. Like I mean, Bowerman, you have Bowerman and Brooks Beast and everything, but I feel like there just needs to be more teams and like leagues and stuff and like dual meets. Like I think. Like it would just be really fun for people to like have a home team that they rooted for and stuff. I don't know if that's ever been done. I'm honestly like not the biggest like history buff in terms of track and field. So maybe it's been done before. I'm not sure. But yeah, I wish there was like home teams that people could root for. I feel like it'd make people excited to watch or like the classic wish you could gamble or like bet on people. But I think that would be fun just for like the gen- like general viewer. Um, yeah. And then, gosh, I don't know. 
I'd like, I like try to think about this, but then I also don't. Like the only times I really think about this is like when I'm on Clubhouse talking to people and everyone's talking about it. I'm like, hmm, that's a good idea, you know? <laughs> I don't well, know. I just fun. do my best to like help grow the sport through social media. Like I feel like that's a big way for people to help grow it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm, it seems like these are deep questions. I'm going to get deep for a second. I feel like asking these questions, we always ask to change one thing about sport. But it's kind of like, have you ever like, thought about what it'd be like having a superpower or being really rich and then realizing that you're not, you haven't got a superpower or really rich. It's kind of like that. When I say these things, like what would you change about the sport if you didn't, if money wasn't an object and it's like, oh wait, it can't happen. So it's kind of sad. Yeah, but I feel like, I mean, I feel like things could happen, you know, but I mean, I guess not in by my own power, but I don't know, maybe in the future, let's create teams. No, honestly, teams in a team league is, the thing what needs to i always say that i think that's the biggest thing even if it's connected to say if we need like a push from basketball and american football even if we have well, i don't know la lakers as a track and field team do you like just That'd as be like so a, sick because spain have that. in in spain uh, my friend he's a marathon runner and he runs for real sociedad which is a football team but he runs for them and gets paid by them to run for them and it's just a really cool concept what i feel like more people need to do and if you have this league you'd get more fans behind it. And then betting, like you said, if people could bet on that, it just adds more excitement as well. So that's, yeah. I think that's literally the biggest thing what needs to change about the sport, other than access to coverage, what's not behind a paywall and stuff. Yeah. That's, that's another Well, it's like, I mean, college does a decent job where it's like you have your conference and everything and people get excited for that. So I feel like it could be mimicked in the professional running world, but I don't yeah. know how, but. Because college is, college track and field and cross country is a team sport, really, isn't it? They've really yeah. tried to push that. So yeah, I think teams is the best way to go. Or like just having events more more meaningful. Like or like providing more context behind like the Texas meet, for example. There was so much context behind what's happening and there's like a highlight of these athletes. Just stuff like that. Because people don't know what's going on half the time. Like if you yeah. ask someone to come in off the street and tell you like I don't know what's happening in this race it needs explaining sometimes because my, my girlfriend doesn't understand why there's pacemakers. She literally can't get it in her head why people need pacemakers. And I'm like, because yeah. they need help. They need to help. It's easier. And she's like, yeah, but why? Why don't they just run half from the start? So I feel like more education needs to be there for the sport as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of things because there is, but I don't want to get too deep on that because I could be there all day again because I love track and field and <laughs> it's kind of in a bad spot in terms of growth at the minute. Uh, or like, I guess it's in a good spot, but I'm going to stop waffling. Next question. <laughs> Best decision you've ever made? Whoa, okay. Um, in my, I, gosh, I don't know. Either transferring to Oregon was a great decision for me or moving to Portland was also a great decision. Like, I think it just depended on the phase of my life. Like, um, I think going to Oregon brought me a lot of like career opportunities, but then also like, moving to Portland was such a good move for my own mental sanity after college that like having this friend group is just so nice. Like, again, I'm a very team oriented person or like, I just, I'm a people person. I like to have friends and I just haven't had a very good group of friends. Um, I had like a decent amount of friends in high school or in college, but it just, it wasn't the same as like high school for me, like high school, I had a massive group of friends um, that we would always hang out with all the time. And like now moving to Portland, I feel like I have that massive friend group again and I missed it. So for my own mental sanity, I feel like moving to Portland was one of the best decisions I've made as of recently. But yeah, I mean, like making the decision to transfer to Oregon after my first semester of freshman year was 
very big decision, a very risky one, but that one was a good move as well. So I think it just, I think I'll probably change my answer in a couple of years too. I don't know. I think it's just as time goes on. It yeah, just depends. I think it's a really hard question to answer. In fact, a better question, once we did a podcast with Rachel McArthur, Emily Cover, and Emily Venters, and they switched it up and said, what was your, like, what do you think was like a bad decision and what then turned into a good decision? If that makes any sense. Have you got any of them as yeah. well? Um, I think like moving to Atlanta right after college was probably not the best decision. I was very naive. Like I just didn't, I didn't have any friends in Atlanta. I didn't really know that much about the job. I was going to work for a track agency. Um, and I just, I had never even been to Atlanta. So I just didn't really know what I was in for. And although like, the job wasn't like, there just like, wasn't really a spot for me in the, in the company. Like there was nothing really bad about it or anything. It just, I felt like I wasn't really being utilized that much to like my capabilities. And when I was there, like, I just wasn't really having a good time because I had no friends and I just like was not in my element. So I, at the time I thought it was a bad decision, but I also like now looking back, I don't regret it at all because I feel like I learned about like the business side of the sport more so um, just about like how track agents work. It was like crazy to go from being an athlete in the sport to being on the business side and just seeing what that side was like. Like, I feel like I learned a lot um, and just like, I don't know, just learned a lot from that situation. So I would say like moving to Atlanta is probably one of the dumber things I've done, but I don't regret it. I don't really have any regrets to be honest. I think that's fair. I always think about that. Like the butterfly effect is such a powerful thing. Like any regret you have probably is, could be a reason why you're doing what you're doing today. So it, it's best to never have regrets. See, this is, these are deep questions. Yeah, I man. Tearing and up. The, the last deep question I do have, and this is the last question, is where do you see yourself in 10 years time? I hate this question. I don't know. I literally <laughs> like, my life changes so much from, I feel like day to day that I just, literally have no idea like <laughs> if you ask like any of my friends or my sisters or anything it's like one day I'm like okay I'm gonna do this like in six months or whatever or it's like I'm gonna move here eventually I'm gonna do this and then the next day I like change my mind completely I just have a lot of ideas and I just don't know where I'm gonna be at um like you if you had told me that like two two years ago if you had told me that I'd be doing this for my career like I would have been like LOL, you know, absolutely not. I, so I genuinely don't know. I feel like I'll still be involved in like the running world somehow just because I do like really like running and I, lo I love the people that are involved and everything and I like being active and stuff. And hopefully I'll be back like on the racing scene too. Like, I don't know if that's gonna be running or triathlon, something in the endurance sport world. I feel like I'll be back um, doing stuff, but I, gen I genuinely don't know. Ho hopefully like have children at some point, that would be nice. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah that should happen in the it. next 10 years don't, god don't do it it's an absolute don't nightmare. do it honestly don't do it yeah look he, he has to he has to travel away from home just to get a break <laughs> it's amazing but no seriously don't do it look look at these bags look at these bags yeah yeah we'll see i mean that track that's definitely going to be around year 10 it seems like so when, when you've when you've made your millions from craze food and stuff like that and whatever other business adventures you do as well yeah, definitely when I made my millions. My, well, my millions. 80 first million because I'm already worth 80, so, yeah. <laughs> True. Actually, might as well retire now. Just, just you know, you, we, you're yeah, the person I'm you retire, right? Just invest, just invest <laughs> right all your money. 24, time to retire.
yeah. You'll be able to afford nannies for days with yeah, all those 80 millions. You'll never there we yeah. go. So have the kids now because you'll never you'll be you'll never see them. That's ideal. Okay. I have to figure out how. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. And since you say you hated that last question, because to be honest, I think it's a rubbish question. I do need to change that. You're a podcast host. What questions would you normally ask your guests? Just uh um, just try- Okay, well, here's another horrible question to ask any professional runners. What are your favorite hobbies? Okay. And I seem to ask it every single episode. And I'm like, I feel bad for asking it. Because I yeah. know what the life of a professional runner is like most of the time. I live with one. I basically live with two. Though Craig is the exception. I feel like he does weird things. <laughs> it's past time. Yeah. But like, I I mean, I, I went to Oregon. I basically like lived like a professional runner for four years. Um, and you don't really have that much time for hobbies. So I hate putting people on the spot, but I tend to do it anyways. Um, and... I don't know. Usually I ask how like they're, they got started in the sport and everything, but I just do like general podcast stuff and then just see where it takes me. See if anyone has like an interesting angle, you know? Yeah, that's fair. What, what are your favorite hobbies? Think about that actually. Oh no. (laughs) My hobbies, my hobbies are my job. That's what I say, because I turned my hobbies into job. Like baking is, and like food Instagram is my hobby, but now it's my career. So I don't know if that still counts. And, And how did you get into the sport? (laughs) <laughs> okay welcome to commas over cold brew gets more views in our podcast so that's you know it's this why no i'm joking well how, how did you get into sport i actually don't think we've asked that did we ask that okay i'll do a brief we, run we well we i i grew up swimming and then i started doing little youth triathlon things which is also how i'm doing travel now i used to do triathlons and I realized I was pretty good at running. And then I got recruited from like these little mile races back at home. Um, and I got recruited to like run for a USATF junior club team. And then I decided to quit swimming when I was 11 and went full-time running. You know what? I, and don't take this offensively. I really don't like triathletes coming to running because they're always so much better than everyone else. It's so annoying. Like at a young age. Just well, that's because honestly, like, it's just because of, I feel like it's the lung capacity, man. Like I used to, I was a tank when I was younger. Like I think, and I think a lot of it had to do with swimming because I had such good lung capacity and my endurance was already there that I like right now, there's no way I could beat my younger self, like either in the pool or running wise at the moment. So that says something. I feel like when you're young as well, you can do whatever you want. And like, I I always think about this, like, and I know it's depressing being like in your early twenties and feeling old, but I could run up a hill without getting out of breath when I was younger and I can't do that now so, and I'm I don't know what I don't know what's happened it's quite sad yeah yeah I know it happens welcome to getting old I'm 24 I feel the same way so how old are you Josh let's talk, about, about, let's not talk about ages let's not talk about ages let's not talk about ages now I'm not 35 come on I'm you look like you'd be 35 I'm just, <gasps> I'm just kidding I'm just kidding I did that to spite you <laughs> After that, I think you're going to leave this podcast. I think, to be honest, that, that's all the questions I've got written down. I, I think I wrote a very in-depth question. Man, we went through a lot. I think I think I asked all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. I, I, nothing I too. Nothing too um, serious. I thought you were gonna like, like. I don't know. Ask me some hard hitters. Oh well. Uh, you got, you've come to the wrong place for hard hitting journalism. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What? Oh no! I don't know. What? Uh, oh no! 
No, I can't think of anything. Don't, so make, gonna, don't make one up. <laughs> but I'm going to be. I'm going to be the most. Pat- I, I, I'm not. Ask, I'm not asking for those hard hitters. Yeah, but, let's, do you know, let's stay in our lane, Alf. But do you know what is the, one of the most patronising questions you could ask at the end of an interview? Is is there any questions you have for us at all? What? <laughs> what am I supposed to ask? Well, this, how was the podcast? Was I a good guest or no? I, I would say he's <laughs> satisfactory. Yes, yeah, so it was. It was pretty decent. It was. It was okay. No, I'm, j- I'm joking. Good podcast. Factory, that's all I get. That's like a C. What What would you give us as hosts? Like maybe out of like maybe out of I don't five. Know, probably like a three or something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we no, were you guys did a great job. Wi-Fi to start with. Yeah, the technical difficulties really yeah. put a damper on it. You're talking to the, like I'm a technical queen, so I'm just kidding. I <laughs> don't know anything to, about technology. We've been had to cut yeah. halfway through and resend you the links. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I'm two I'm points off. To I'm start. a mess. I'm a mess with technology as well. So, no, this podcast is great. I, I appreciate you guys wanting on. I was honored to be asked to be on this podcast. So, thank you. you you're, you're very welcome. I'm mean, as you should be. It's a privilege to be on here. I'm obviously joking. <laughs> and, a, and a wonderful fibber as well. <laughs> you are. What did you say? I said a wonderful fibber as well. <laughs> oh, what's a fibber? Uh, maybe that's an English, maybe a fibber. Is that an English word? What do you want like the fibber? Someone who tells a fib. Like you said, I was really honored to be invited on the podcast. Is like, oh. yeah, like a white lie. And I said, a fibber is someone who tells like white lies. Never mind. I thought everyone knows that. That's a northern term, isn't it? Alfie, you should I don't know, know I that. say liar, maybe. like a liar. Well, I was going to say that, but I thought maybe that's a bit strong. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> you a liar. Like, and a great liar. <laughs> that's why I said fibber. But I in fact, we should maybe teach it. Uh, it's, it's not in my daily vocabulary, but maybe I'll add it to it and Let's see try, if people notice. Try and think of a word. Do you, do you know the word Mardi? Uh, do you know the word Mardi, Josh? Do you know what it means? Yeah. Yeah. I know Mardi. Because Mardi no. has, there's no other word what could describe Mardi. It basically means in a bad mood, but sort of like, it's in a, it's a bit more of like a sassy bad mood and it's normally for no reason. So you're a bit stroppy, but like, it's only like a Yorkshire like moody? Yeah, like moody, but a bit more sassy than moody, really. And a bit more like- Oh, I kind of like that. It's a really good word. I'm gonna, I thought I'm it was my, Wait, how do you use it? Can you use it in a sentence? Um, You've been really mardy or you are really mardy or you're acting mardy, stop acting mardy. Um, oh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to use that on my friends today and see what they say. Or do you know when you could perfectly use it? If you were being serious about that swimming thing that time when you threw a tantrum, you were being mardy. Yeah, that, that's, that's it. Oh, okay. Okay, good so, one. That's, that's what it is. So Zoom says we've got less than a minute, so I guess I'll end it there. So thank you for coming on the podcast, Emma. It's been an absolute pr- pleasure. Or oh, Emma Abrahamson, because I know you get annoyed when people say Abramson. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, you said it right. Thank you. Thank you for saying it. He's been it practicing right. all day. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, no, I haven't. But yeah, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I feel like hopefully this podcast doesn't have so many cuts and interruptions because of the Wi-Fi. And uh, yeah, I appreciate coming on and carry on doing the things you're doing because you're doing amazing things. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem at all. Any last words, Josh? No? Okay, good. Thank you.